Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from irishsportsdaily.com. I am your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University. It is Tuesday, July 18th, and we are back. I am back from vacation. I missed you, Jamie. I missed you so much, man. I, 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 it's nice to go on vacation, but I got to talk Notre Dame football with my guy, and if I don't do it for a long time, I, I, get, a little, I get a little punchy, so I'm glad to be back with you. Uh, we're going to have a fun show today. We're not talking recruiting. Xander's going crazy in the chat talking about recruiting. I'm going to leave that alone because I want to talk about the football team. Jamie, I've been watching old games on YouTube, and that's when you know. And I'm not talking like two 2022 old games. I'm talking 1996. I watched <laughs> – I watched. what did I watch? I watched 1996 Notre Dame. Uh, who, who did they play? It was some goofball game that I hadn't seen. Boston College at Boston College. Watch that, Matt Hasselbeck. Get out of here! Such a whiny guy, Matt uh, Hasselbeck. Yeah, watch that game. Watch ninety-three Notre Dame Northwestern yesterday. That's how you know the season's coming. So we're going to talk about the team and uh, specifically the offense today. And uh, it's time to get into it, man. It is. It's. Uh, I've got that itch to talk about the team and what they can do in twenty twenty-three. And uh, what the offense can do in 2023, there's, uh, you know, every year I feel like, you know, game is on the cusp of like, is it possible? Like they could be a 40 points a game offense, right? Could they be, could they not be? And it usually, and it doesn't happen, right? So uh, we're going to see if 2023 is the year for that. Um, so thank you everyone for tuning in. If this is your first time listening to the show, please hit the like button. Uh, please hit the subscribe button and hit the notification bell so you know we're going live. Um, if you want to catch our podcast, the links are in the description below if you'd like the audio form better. And uh, before we get going, Jamie, of course, we're going to talk about ESQClothing.com. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, I, I put it on Twitter, Sam Hartman gallivanting about New York City, and they showed a, a, a photo of him in the, in a, one of the media, media booths or media studios. He's wearing my ESQ shirt that I had on in the, in in, a, in our show, and I was like, "There you go, right there. You can wear the custom dress shirts of Sam Hartman and the Notre Dame football team. It's it's the, you know it's the best quality. The official outfitter of Notre Dame football, Ga Wang, former Notre Dame alum, is the founder, and uh, he he puts out the great product: bamboo dress shirt, breathable, feels nice. Comf like style fitting, like slim fit, like it really complements type. No matter what your body type is, machine washable, uh, odor resistant, recoil resistant. It's it's great stuff, man. So head over to ESQClothing.com, upgrade your shirt game, dress up like Sam Hartman. Right, the apparel deal is not out yet, but the donor name apparel that they're wearing on the player walks that's out right now. Go check out ESQClothing.com. All right, Jamie. First of all, how have you been? Let's talk about it. How, how I've been, been great. I've been great. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm getting ready to go with the season too, right? Like I've, I've just started. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm kind of wrapping up the uh, Notre Dame opponent previews on ISD, and then we're getting, uh, you know, some of the position stuff uh, yeah. going forward, uh, heading into camp, and I got. Uh, my sister and my niece and nephew are in town here visiting uh, right now. So um, join enjoying the summer, enjoying the summer. And, uh, but uh, man, I just, I, I'm, I'm dying for football, man. I'm dying for football. I'm just ready to go. 
It's time. It's time. Uh, head over to irishsportsdaily.com. Jamie's uh, he's got three big questions for the Notre Dame quarterbacks up. Uh, he's got opponent previews up. So if you want to catch up on that, um, who leads? Who who needs Lindy's? Jamie, who needs Athlon Magazine? When we've got our own Jamie Uyama doing the opponent previews, I guarantee you he's doing a better job than all those other magazines. So it's all generic, probably written in like April or May or something. Jamie's I think like lazy. March because they, they seem yeah, way yeah, off yeah. with a they lot of the stuff. Way, way off. Like guys aren't on the roster anymore. It's it's a mess. So check out uh, irisportsdaily.com. Jamie's got uh, great previews. All right, before we get to the before we get to the, the the topic of the day, which is the Notre Dame offense. So I'm I'm on break, Jamie, and uh, and I'm on vacation, and I'm of course I'm checking in on the Irish Sports Daily uh, message board, because um, you know it, that's what you do, and and our 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 leader Mike Frank has posted some uh, some provocative questions talking about uh, top quarterbacks since the '80s, top running backs, top wide receivers, and it's always first of all it's always hard to compare eras, right? It, it is, especially at the quarterback position where it's like everyone ranks Tony Rice number one. And he's got like two touchdowns and nine interceptions for the season, right? Like it's just a different time and he gets credit for things that it's just it, Brady Quinn's throwing for 3,900 yards. You know, it's, it's just different. Right. Um, but I, th- there was one I, I have to talk about and we're talking about the wide receivers and people you know, top seven wide receivers since the eighties. Now I made my list. I didn't even rank Tim Brown because it's like, A, I never watched him, and B, he literally won a Heisman Trophy. He's number one. I'd he, say he's – He won a Heisman Trophy. Near the top, I'd say. <laughs> he won a Heisman. There's been like six receivers ever who won a Heisman Trophy. Like it, 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 It's not even worth commenting. But there are people, Jamie, who didn't include Rocket. Yeah. Rocket Ismail, Jamie. Now – Look, look, are we that old that people don't know about Rocket and like what he did for another people like there? And look, I'm I, not to dismir- besmirch and I'm not going to call out posters, handles or anything like that. But people put Arnez Battle on it. Lake yeah. Dawson, yeah. Lake Dawson. So it's not yeah. like, oh, you know, I just was. I mean, that's I mean, it's the same era, basically right after. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so Jason. There's, so Smith there's no asking, excuse for an era thing there. Yeah. Yeah, Jason Smith is asking me, did Derek Mays make my list? He was, uh, I think he was third. He was third on my list. Yeah, he should if, be right up there. Because you look at if you look at the the uh, the, uh, the 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 number of passes that were thrown at the time, right? And you look at the number of, of, of target shares that Derek Mays got. Like, if he played in today's era, we're talking like 80 catch seasons for like 1,400 yards, right? Oh, now. yeah. So it, it's just like, it's, you got you to do that stuff. But I can't. Oh, go ahead, Jim. Yeah. I, well, I was just going to say, it's just one of these things, too. Like, I think if you look at kind of how Rocket was used, um, it's just so different than how he'd be used today. Yeah. That, for one, it's just like impossible to just say, it's just like how you're like, if you were going to talk about quarterbacks and if like Jarius Jackson, and I mean, and I don't even know if like where you would, even if you put even Jarius Jackson, list, but just if Jarius Jackson played today compared to the time that he did play, I mean, he could have been a completely different quarterback because just systems have, have moved towards his skill set more. Yeah. And I think 
I mean, first of all, Rocket, great in any era. <laughs> you know, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious. But just one of these things where, like, do I? It, it's mind boggling to me that people wouldn't realize like how special a talent he was. Um, and it's just like one of these things, like, it's like all of a sudden, uh, um, you know, not to, not to whatever, I'm not pumping up my, my guy, Greg here, but it's just like how there's somehow just like this weird, like unappreciation of Kyle Hamilton for some people, because it's like, well, he missed that last, you know, six games of the year and he didn't play in the bowl game. It's like, yeah, the guy was friggin' awesome. I don't care, right? Like, and he, he, even if he came back, it's just like people just forget that, like, oh yeah, remember when Jalen Smith like ruined his career basically <laughs> by playing in the unnecessary bowl game, or that like Kyle Hamilton actually wasn't even healthy and cleared to play in that game, right, right. by the way. But it's just one of these things that just becomes like a stupid thing where like fans get into, um, they, they have their own personal biases. So it like becomes something. And I don't know if it's because rocket left early and then he didn't go to the NFL right away or whatever. Like, but I mean, first of all, he should have won the Heisman. Yeah. Um, you know, well, he that, missed that, two games. Does that really? Yeah. Hurt? Yeah. And he, he should have won it that year. Um, I think in hindsight, if they're redoing that, you know, you're, he's getting in over Ty Detmer and that pass happy offense. But um, I, I, I just think like he's, it's just one of these things you just can't deny the talent. It's just like, like you can even say about like, uh, uh, I I don't know if uh, um, P- PQ what to do what, what what a what a screen name, but I don't I don't know I didn't see if if Mike called him selfish and I mean he might have been a really selfish guy I, I don't know I mean I, he certainly had all the hype basically since he was I I mean he probably had a huge head because. People were telling him he was great because he was great. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of people who didn't like Golden Tate and and kind of his uh, attitude or antics and stuff like that, too. But you just can't deny the guy was a great player. Like, you just can't yeah. deny it. Right. You can't hate on, on the talent and what a guy can do. Um, I just don't see any way how, how he couldn't be on the list. If you don't want to put him at the top because you said, like, well, we'd never know, you know, because he didn't play in this area. Okay, fine, whatever. I'm fine with that. But I just think, you know, I think he just, if he was playing in today's, first of all, the guy ran like a 4-2-5, you know, like he, he would be. It would have yeah. translated, I think. Yeah, it would have translated. I think it would have worked yeah. out. I think that would have played in today's uh, uh, college yeah. football. Look, it, he, he, was, he was Reggie Bush of the time. He was the most dangerous player in the country. Like in the sport, okay. Like these, like the games that he had, like the huge games. Like people talk about, like the Michigan Notre Dame game in '89, right? Well, it's like, oh, two kickoff returns against Michigan. That's great. Michigan was number two in the country. That was number one versus number two. They couldn't do anything on offense Notre Dame on, on that day. Notre Dame could not. The only reason they won is because Rocket returned two touch- kickoffs for a touchdown, and kicking to him twice has to be the dumbest move in the history in like the last hundred years by a reputable coach. How do you do it? How do you kick to him? Yeah, he led the nation the year before in kickoff returns, and you, his name is Rocket. That's his <laughs> yeah. name. Okay, he he gave it he gave it to Miami in 1990. The 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 the, the phantom clip. That's number one, Colorado. That if if they don't call that clip, Notre Dame may well win the national championship because they were number four. Colorado was number one. They they would have finished ten and two. They would have had four wins 
against top 10 opponents who finished in the top 10. Miami finished three. Okay. Uh, my, uh, Michigan finished seven and eight in the AP and the coaches. And then Tennessee finished seven and eight flipped. Right. So that, so it was like one was eight, one was seven. And it, it was like, they, so they were both like basically top eight. And then, and then the Colorado team. And, and Rocket gave it to all those guys. He had a long touchdown against Tennessee. He dominated Miami. He was a big game player. He was he was huge. He was awesome. So like I I I reject any I reject any list where he isn't just below Tim Brown. I can't do it. I cannot, and I won't stand for it. You know, there are some things where it's like, hey, like you know, like the quarterback one with like Ian Book, and people can have different you know, viewpoints on that sort of thing. Well, I, 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 think, I will not be okay with rocket being anything. I'm okay. If people different. say Michael Floyd was the best, I like to me, I don't think, I think that's a, you can make an argument, whatever. I don't care, but to not have him on the list or near the top of the list is insane. Yeah. It's not good. It's not yeah. good, Jamie. All right. That, I, I needed to get that off my chest. Um, so thank you everyone for belaboring that. I, I really appreciate it. So, all right, let's talk about the 2023 offense. Um, so, it, it, like I said before, we, we are always wanting them to be a top 10 offense in college football. And top 10, I'm talking like F+, plus, something like that. Uh, points per game, uh, we don't do counting stats, but points per game is a pretty good indicator, right? Like if points you're up, per drive is one that I Points like per drive, 38, 39, 40 points a game. Like, you're a good offense, you start doing that stuff, right? Yep. And Notre Dame has never averaged more than 38 points a game on offense. So you look at what the problems were for the offense last year. And a big one is explosiveness. We've talked about it a lot. There, were, there was a, um, a graph that came out from Stats of War uh, that we both kind of commented on and talking about the, the lack of explosiveness in the run game. And that they weren't getting a lot or they weren't getting as much on their perfectly blocked plays. Yeah. And Notre Dame had a lot of perfectly blocked plays last year, um, relative, relatively speaking. And they were and one I, of the top teams in in Power Five. So just so people for reference, so Stats of War, who's who's a great follow on Twitter, really, really by the follow, way, yeah. Parker Fleming. He used to work uh, for uh, Football Outsiders, I believe. Yeah, and he he you know he does a lot of stuff. I th- highly suggest anyone follows him. I think he's. Uh, you know, one of the best, if not the best, uh, you know, college football analytics guy out there does a great job with his graph stuff. Uh, does a great job with, uh, you know, his EPA stuff. And um, he does a lot of like game preview stuff that I find like really useful. And it's just good context to add to, to, to things. And he had a, a graph that he put up where it was, um, you know, blocks or run plays without a blown assignment. Right. Yeah. And he had, uh, Notre Dame and, and it was just of power five teams and Notre Dame was, I think like sixth or something like that. Like they were one of the top, um, teams in it. And I don't think you would see that. Um, you know, it like you wouldn't think, no, you wouldn't think that based on their amount of running success. Like they ran the ball fine last year, but it wasn't normally when you block it up that well, it's like, okay, well, you know, you're going to get a lot of explosive plays. And I think some of that is personnel because I don't think Esteme or Diggs, um, they're not, they weren't home runners. I know. Yes. Whatever. I know Diggs had a 75 yard touchdown and the thing, but he's not a home run hitter. You know, he's not a guy who's just going to just straight up run away from people all the time. Um, and the same with 
Esneme, right? Like those aren't their, that's not their games. And Tyree, you know, would trip over a shoelace, right? Like he, he just couldn't keep his balance. Or if, I mean, he could have broke a bunch last year if, if he had better balance. Yeah, here we go. Grace got it yeah. up here. Uh, oh, sorry. They were ninth or whatever, whatever yeah. it was. But um, it's uh, it, basically, I think part of it was that personnel wise. But then part of it is that they, um, they never, teams knew that they had to run the ball to win the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like teams were loading the box. So they always had extra numbers. Um, you couldn't threat. There was no, there was no vertical threat on the, on the offense, uh, partially due to the quarterback and partially due to the receiver situation. They didn't really stress defenses horizontally. They wasn't, they're not like a team that was like heavy RPO in terms of like, you know, forcing teams to like commit to like covering things in the past game. Um, and because of that, you know, they schematically, uh, they weren't, you know, it, they, they weren't set up to hit a lot of uh, home runs. They, they, they didn't run against many light boxes, that's for sure. So um, I think when you look at it from that perspective, um, I think they are going to see like a lot lighter boxes this year. And, and you know, because of uh, Sam Hartman, they're going to do a lot more things that are going to open things up. And uh, I think that's going to make a big difference. Yeah, and so it, it, you know, I, I put on Twitter like Audric estimate the thirty plus run, thirty plus runs of ten yards or more, or thirty runs of ten yards or more last year, which is the most Notre Dame has had by a lead back since twenty fourteen. Uh, that was CJ Procise, and I think he had, or no, I'm sorry, uh, in, in twenty fifteen CJ Procise had thirty six, right? So look, they're getting there, they're getting to the second level. There's players who are you know, um, they're unblocked players, and I think a really good example of that was Stanford where they had a, a safety sitting at like 10 yards who wasn't, who wasn't, um, who wasn't pedaling at the snap. He was moving forward actually. So he's becomes an unblocked player. And so Notre Dame's never going to account for him. And that player is consistently making the tackle. And we saw that in a number yeah. of games. I think it was. Um, well, it's, it's, it's because this actually, this stat doesn't correlate in, in with, um, you know, it's kind of like opposite of where they're like middle of the pack when it was with yards before contact. Right. And, but the reason it was yards before contact was because teams always were playing, they were playing, they're cheating the run. Right. So, I mean, and it's just, obviously if you are, if you're, if you break a tackle at seven yards down the field, well, that has a great chance to be an explosive running play. Mm -hmm. If you break a, a tackle at three yards down the field, that's probably not going to be an explosive running play because there's obviously a lot more help there. Right. Right. So, and that's really kind of like the big difference. And I think an example of how Notre Dame can exploit that came in the bowl game where you look at the, the post route to Braden Lindsay, where you have both safeties, Notre Dame shows run and both safeties are sitting at 10. They don't pedal. They show run. They're coming up, right? Like that's their assignment. And, and then on the back, they were, they were left exposed um, uh, Buckner is able to get the pass off. Braden Lindsay's got a one-on-one. He ends up scoring a touchdown, right? We didn't see that like all year, basically. Like it just wasn't there. Um, and so that's the kind of thing that can come up with Hartman. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot to do with like, like formations, you know, one of the oh, a question I was going to have for you then, and we can kind of move into that uh, topic specifically as well is, Notre Dame played a lot of 12 last year, obviously. And, and that makes sense because Michael Mayer is going to be on the field all the time. 
he's your best slot, right? So he's going to be, you're going to want him in the slot all the time. You're going to want him on the field all the time. So that means anytime, like it's kind of like a cheat where you're, you're in 12, but you're kind of in 11 because of his ability as a slot player. And so you have one tight end on the field on the other side, whether that's Mitchell Evans or whether that's going to be Kevin Ballman or whoever it might be, you're going to naturally be in 12 a lot. And that's not going to, I don't think that's going to be the case this year, Jamie, but I'm interested in how you feel about that in, you know, having less tight ends on the field is going to spread out the field a lot more. Do you think Notre Dame will be as effective running the ball with less bodies inside of the book there. Yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, I don't, I don't think they have to, they don't have to play bully and uh, you know, line up in 12 or 13 all the time. Like that's not uh, yeah. you know, with, with, you know, one back, two tight ends, one back, three tight ends. Like they don't, they don't have to do that all the time. Um, I, I mean, I think you'll see that uh, a 12, I think you'll see 12 a fair amount, but where last year 12 was like the primary one. And mm-hmm. I, I think 11, my guess is 11 will be the primary one this year, but it'll be slightly, you know, like you'll still see a good number of 12 because, you know, mm-hmm. Notre Dame's going to have two, they're going to have options at tight end. But I think part of it is that you have Sam Hartman who, um, you know, you'll be able to do things and stress the defense in ways in terms of like the RPO game, in terms of like getting the ball to the perimeter, in terms of like you want to be able to stress vertically, the, the defense vertically. And yeah. that's just something that they didn't have. Like, look at how many games. Look at that Clemson game last year. And it's like, yeah, they ran the ball and they did it. And obviously they they dominated them up front. But it was like that was really the only way that Notre Dame was going to win the game. Cause they weren't going to be able to win the game. If, if uh, you know, Drew Pine had to throw the ball 30 times, they yeah. weren't, and they really weren't going to be able to do that against anyone really. Right. Like um, that just wasn't Drew Pine. That's not how the, the offense, the, the personnel was built too. So um, in general, so I think, you know, this year, it, it, it is different and you want to be able to take advantage of, of the fact that you have a Sam Hartman um, and that you have, you know, you should have multiple options in the slot too. And the fact that now your best slot, isn't Michael Mayer, your best slot is probably Tom, Jaden Thomas or Tyree uh, or maybe Rico Flores or Jaden Greathouse or like, you know what I mean? You have mm-hmm. where that wasn't the case last year. Like you wanted to have, Michael Mayer in the slot and he was the you, you know your guy it was like we got to get the ball to this guy and now you don't have to do that as much so in in a way obviously it's not good to lose Michael Mayer um but the, the one benefit to that is that they're able to kind of kind of attack in different ways and not have to uh feel like man we got to get the ball to Mayer here how uh any Davis is asking what if Hartman is a turnover machine um he's he's been turnover prone I won't use the word machine here, but he's been turnover prone. Um, how concerning is that for you? How, how do you, why do you think that might be different at Notre Dame versus Wake Forest? I can think of a couple of reasons, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it. First of all, I mean, I could tell this guy doesn't read six thoughts on a Thursday because you would have read last week. I, I wrote a long piece uh, on this part of it so check out six thoughts on thursday hey it's the most uh read uh column on uh Irish sports daily every week get in there man any davis 
or Nay Davis or whatever your name is. But uh, yeah, so one of the things and, and, and the way I kind of wrote about it, it's the, the reason to be very optimistic that it won't be the same is uh, one. Uh, if you look at his turnover worthy play percentage, right? So that's like plays where that he gave like a chance to the the ball to be kind of intercepted. So it's like, wow, he had 12 interceptions last year. I was like, well, that, you know, 12 interceptions. That's, that's not a little, right? That's a lot. But if you look at JJ McCarthy, he had through five interceptions. Well, his turnover worthy play percentage was the exact same 3.4% as Hartman. Mm. It, CJ Stroud had a higher turnover worthy play percentage than um, than Sam Hartman. One of the reason uh, it reasons for Hartman kind of turning it over. And it's a little bit like what happened with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. You play with a bad defense. You have to win a shootout yeah. like every yeah. week. So. First of all, ten of his inter- of twelve interceptions came in games where the uh, the the other team gave up, uh, or the other team scored thirty, right? Um, it's a free article, Andy Davis. You can check yeah, it out yeah. Everywhere. You don't need to be a subscriber. You, you should. Subscriber. You should. And you know what? You should read it, and then you'll probably want to subscribe after. That's uh, right. Uh, but so with Patrick Mahomes, and he threw twenty five interceptions in two seasons, killing fifteen in one year, right? So you're like, wow, that was the kind of thing where people were like, man, this guy just makes, he's reckless. He does all these things. It's like, I don't know if he's going to, it's never been that big of a problem in in the pros because he hasn't had to be like, he still has a gunslinger mentality, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't have to play like every single possession. It's like, I got to take chances because if we don't score 40 this week, we're going to lose. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was like part of the deal with, uh, Hartman and also part of the deal where like the guy led the, the nation in, in average depth of target, right. Or led power five in average depth of target. Right. So over 12 yards, you know, 12.1 yards for average depth of target. He was third in the country, first in power five in uh deep ball percentage. Right. So 21.6%. So basically the offense was like, inviting to take these chances they're throwing up 50 50 balls they were doing all these kind of things and they had to because they couldn't do anything else they they had one of the lowest they were 119th in the country in percentage of rushing yards out of their total yards so basically it was like every game was okay sam you got this like he had to win every game he had to go out and he had to make plays downfield. He had to do all these different things every week. And he's just not going to have to do that at Notre Dame. He's not going to, first of all, the defense is a lot better. So he's not going to have to have to force as many things as, as he did before. He's not going to throw the ball as deep as much. I think it's, a you know, one of the things is he can throw the deep ball. So it's a luxury. So he's going to be able to do it. Notre Dame will attack more. But they're not going to throw the ball. Anyone thinking that they're going to throw the ball deep as much as they did at Wake Forest, that's just not realistic. They're not going to be able to do that. Uh, you know, you know, they're not going to do that. They're not built that way. They don't have to be built that way. He's right. he's got a way better running game. He's got a way better offensive line. To think, like, do I think that he'll throw? Probably, he, I bet. I bet he'll probably throw about six picks this year, which is about half of what you, you know he did last year. Yeah. 
I'm not saying that he won't because he does. He is a guy who wants to take chances and he will throw it up to guys to give guys shots. And, you know, sometimes, you know, those plays are going to happen. Um, but he just won't be ha- be forced to do it all the time. And And the other thing is he's not going to be in like third and long as much. So he's not going to have to make as difficult a throws because when you're in third and medium, you're in third and short the throws become easier. The decisions become easier. Um, so I, I just don't see it being a big problem. It's just like one of those things. It's like, that's why too, the advanced stats are, are great because if you, it gives more context to, to what it is. And if you're just looking at County stat, you're like, man, 12 picks. Like, I, I don't know about that. Or even looking at his percentages of like what, you know, man, he's only like a 60% passer or whatever. And it's like, well, I mean, if you're throwing the ball deep, 20, like literally one out of every five passes, like 50% on deep balls is like outstanding, right? Yeah. Like, you know, 45 and up is really good, right? So if you're looking at it from that perspective, of course, your numbers are going to go down. You're going to be affected by it. So, I mean, I think just based on the offense, based on the personnel around him, I think you're going to see a lot of these numbers go up. And it's also one of the reasons why he chose to go to Notre Dame is because it, he didn't want to be like, this is a gimmick. He's a gimmick quarterback doing, having to do all this all the time. He gets a chance to prove it. And it's like, and he doesn't have the natural, unbelievable gifts that Patrick Mahomes has. So he can't just like, they weren't going to be like, well, we're just going to take you anyways. And we're just going to teach it. Cause you know, you throw a ball 80 yards in the air. He mm-hmm. doesn't have that. So it's going to benefit him to be in this kind of offense with this kind of personnel. And I, I mean, I would be surprised if, if the interception numbers were close to what they were last year at Wake. I think, I think a good example of what can happen to a player when um, they're the, the offense is forced to chase games all the time is Everett Golson in the second half of 2014, when it was really Recall. like Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly came out and said like, our defense is not good enough. We need to outscore teams. And they got a little loose and it got to the point where it's like they played outside the comfort zone of what they wanted to do. And, and that's when it got loose for him, you know, and, and we haven't really seen since then, we haven't seen Notre Dame quarterbacks just be like turnover machines, right? Like it just hasn't been um, a part of it. And so I, I think given that, you know, it's just less likely that Hartman's going to be what he was at Wake Forest, right? Like you said, like Wake Forest has to, they're in a lot of 40 point games, you know, like they have to chase the game all the time. And they're not, they have to be explosive because they're not good enough to be like Notre Dame, like pound on teams and grind on teams and actually control the game uh, with the offensive line and that sort of thing. And so that's, that's where I think it could be different for Hartman. Um, it interesting to see the the balance between, um, you know, it's not going to be like Wake Forest, but I think there are areas where Notre Dame quarterbacks just haven't looked to push the ball, especially to the middle of the field, away from kind of the, the plate, like strong side, play side. Some of the throws that he made in the blue goal game, really, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, and that, like, there's just, the quarterbacks just aren't looking there. You know, and, and I might put out a video um, as we get into camp about some of the missed opportunities from Notre Dame quarterback careers. And this includes Jack Cohn as well. Like they're, 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 and, and especially at the slot. And, that, and that's a position we're going to talk about in a little bit, because I think there's a lot there 
that Hartman has been very good about uh, capitalizing on the slot play and getting the slot deep. And I think that's been, you know, Notre Dame has done well with, you know, Michael Mayer over the middle, but not necessarily the slot position, you know, and, and, and Notre Dame's had explosive there, but not as, as much. I think Chris Tyree's going to make a, a big part of that. Uh, but we've been talking about the offensive line and there's going to be two new guards uh, regardless, right? We, we don't know who they're going to be. I think a lot of people think Billy Strouth is going to be one of them. Uh, I think a lot of people think Andrew Kostoffic will be the other one, Jamie. And, you know, in fairly dismissive over the off season, like since the, you know, since the spring and all those things about like how much of a dip it'll cost the offensive line, because I just think you have Zeke Carell started a ton. You have the two tackles who are first round talents. It should be fine, but you know, I don't want to gloss over it too much. How, what, what is your expectation for just guard play in general? Like, What's the ceiling there? Like how like how much should we like how much should we expect that they will be kind of up to speed in the in the in the, in the early portions of the season uh going into Ohio State. I mean, what is your expectation there? Cuz mine is fairly high, but I wonder if yours is a little bit, you know, more realistic, something like that. I think it. I think it's high for me, um, but it all depends on you know what guys like Shrouth uh, and Rocco Spindler, um, and I mean maybe even a guy like Pat Coogan, whoever. Like it, yeah. it, it depends where those guys are, um, because I mean I don't see Andrew Kostovic, uh, You know I, I think if Andrew Kostovic ends up being the starter, he could. I mean, he could do a fine job, but you kind of know that ceiling of what that what that is there with him, yeah. and with with Shrouth and Spindler, obviously, um, there's a lot more to grow, right? And um, and just I'm thinking in the guard position in general, because really, like the only guy uh, who's kind of had experience is Christophic, right? So, um, and he's a fifth year guy and, you know, you kind of know where, where he's at. And, um, I do say, I, I, I've heard that Spindler had a re- really good summer and that he's, uh, you know, because I think like even a year ago, uh, I probably would have said, and a lot of people would have said like, man, I don't know if Rocco Spindler's ever going to play. Not on the roster. Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, you know, like this could be, a big thing. And I really think that he's taken some uh, really nice steps, like both physically and mentally. Matt brought him um, up too, by the way. Yeah. Power yesterday. Yeah. So in that, uh, you know, I, I do think he's a guy who's, who's going to be in the mix. And I do think that kind of, he's like a kind of guy who could maybe like change the ceiling a little bit because mm. I mean, you don't have a lot of guys who are three twenty five at guard for them. And he is a guy who's that he's big and he can move people in the run game. I think Shrouth, certainly has some of that too um, that you've seen. But I mean, obviously I think everything is about where um, I think if, if Notre Dame played Ohio state week one, like they did last year, I I would be really concerned about the guard position going into that because of kind of like how things are set up. And it's not to say they won't be tested early because obviously, I mean, Navy's going to throw a lot at those guys. Navy's going to throw a lot at whoever the guards are. 
Um, they're going to bring a ton of pressure. NC State is a pressure team, right? They blitz a ton. They're going to, they're going to, you know, really uh, push them too. But you kind of have that first bit, like the first month, really, to kind of like work out the kinks, to kind of figure out maybe if you want to make a change at the position, like they kind of did in 2021, where they ended up making the change with bringing Christophic and bringing an alt at left tackle. If you get into a kind of situation like that, maybe that is you you have the time to kind of uh, figure it out. And it's I mean, it's not to say like you shouldn't think all those games are going to be cakewalks, but certainly that's not the hardest part of the schedule. The that games five to eight are is the very hardest part of the schedule. Right. And and so you kind of have to get it kind of figured out by then uh, and get kind of things settled and. That is, I mean, that's typical for any offensive line. Like you, you're going to um, even just remember that 2020 offensive line. And obviously there was other circumstances that went along with it in terms of like the COVID year and all that, but they didn't look lights out in that first week. Um, and then they really kind of took off from there and, and they got a lot better and um, they started to work way better as a group and as a unit. And then they ended up being, uh, you know, a Joe Moore war candidate at the end. So it's about kind of growth and, and where they can go from there. But I really um, like the, you know, the, the potential there. Um, and I think that for the first time in like a long time where Notre Dame isn't playing like uh, a murderer's row at the beginning of, of the season, they get to kind of uh, adjust and kind of, work out the kinks and get better at like the combo blocks, the communication. Um, don't worry, Greg, I kept talking the whole time while you're gone, but, uh, and, and, and just kind of figuring out uh, all these things. And, and the best way to get better as an offensive lineman is to play is to get those reps. And now they're going to kind of have a chance to, to kind of, to figure that out. And I do wonder too, if like, if, I don't think anything is decided there. So I think it's going to kind of be a battle. You just want something within the next, with the first, if you can kind of get it going in the first couple of weeks and kind of figure out who you kind of want to settle in is who's your top six, top seven. Yeah. And then you kind of, and if you're still whatever, if guys are splitting, it's okay to split. Like, I mean, Teams have split before, and then you kind of you might end up settling in on someone, or you might do the thing where, like Notre Dame did in uh, you know 2017, where they had um, you know uh, uh, Hainsey and Kramer, right, where they split in the right tackle, and that could something like that. I could see that happening too. From an athletic point of view, uh, on the offensive line with Shrouth, and let's say it's Spindler for the sake of this conversation, because I think we kind of know. Christophic's athleticism, but let's say it's it's Spindler and Shrouth. What does their athleticism like? What does that open up in terms of the running game uh, for what they can do that they kind of haven't done? Because I mean, Jarrett Patterson, I think, is a good athlete, but with his foot, he had problems with his foot, so you couldn't. He wasn't yeah. the most mobile guy. Uh, and Josh Luck obviously clearly wasn't the most mobile guy. wasn't the greatest athlete at guard. What what can what can they what have, what can we see in the running game that we haven't seen um, 
recently, and maybe we've seen it in the past, like, you know, 2017, 2018, that sort of thing. I don't know if those guys, I mean, I can't say, like, I think Shrouth, I could see being a guy, a weapon as a puller, if anyone kind of watched him in high school specifically. Like, he was a guy who um, athletically really moved around well, was a guy, was a good defensive lineman. Uh, in in high school, and you could see him run, and he can really move. Mm-hmm. Spindler played defensive line, but I, I mean, he's not a guy who, to me, who's going to. He's more in the Aaron Banks mold. You know what I ah, mean? He's not going to be a guy who I think is going to um, thrive in in space. So I don't see Notre Dame becoming like a big pin and pull team. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't. I don't envision that. Although I could see like you know Shrout being a weapon. Um, you know certainly, but. Um, I, I don't know, like schematically, I don't see them doing a ton of stuff different than like, I mean, I think they're still going to run a ton of inside zone, outside zone. Um, I think they're going to like, I could see them doing a little bit more of like, you know, that, like the GT counter kind of stuff too, especially with that left side. Um, because the other thing is alt is such a great athlete and he's a guy who can really get out in space. So, um, I think because of that, you could kind of see some of that, but obviously you don't want to like give it away too much with them, but just, man, I I think that's a really high, um, like a highly athletic left, left side of the line there. Yeah. Um, It's exciting. I mean, I I think that, I think thinking about, you know, getting, getting Shrouth and Spindler involved, there's a reason they were highly ranked. I think there's a lot to do with, uh, their mentality, what they showed. I think um, Rocco is just like there was. There was such an excitement around him because of his um, a his pedigree. That's that's one. Um, B, you know, it, it, people thought he could be a good defensive lineman, right? Like, I think he had that kind of kind of aura about him that he, you know, it, people thought he was better, you know, than Blake Fisher, which was to you no. probably very silly, but like just in terms of you know it. Top top 100 prospect. He right? was a very highly rated prospect. Yes, I mean you. Can, I mean, so you're looking at offensive line where it's like you have two top 50 players in Blake uh, and and Rocco. Zeke Carell was a top 100 player. Uh, Billy Shrouth was a top 150 player, and then you have Joe Alt, who was very lowly ranked, uh, and he's the um, he's the best prospect out of all of them, probably. So that from that point of view, which is a talent and pedigree. Um, would be very exciting. I just think and- if you look at it, you just want to have like, you, you want to have across the board. Um, I mean, if anything, the one spot where you could be like, you know, our center's not a to- true NFL guy. Okay. You know, you can get away with a guy who's maybe not a true NFL guy at center, but I think you want to have the other four guys got to be NFL guys. That's yeah. if you want to be one of the best in, in, um, called for, and we know Alton Fisher going to play in the NFL, right? I think Billy Shrouth is going to play one day. I think he's, I mean, he's got a long way to go, but he certainly has all the potential to. And I think Rocco has, I think Christophic is probably like a college guard and that's about mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, based, based on what we've seen. Um, and then it's from there. Is there anybody else who's, who's, can can be that but i mean you really want to have like you know nfl guys across the board is is is, is kind of what you want and um 
you just want to be because if you have have that kind of building, because when you get to it and you're gonna play the top, top teams, the four guys you're gonna play on the defensive line are gonna be NFL guys or three yeah. of the four or whatever, right? So you you just have to have you know, you're gonna go against a bunch of dudes, so you better have dudes to go up against them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that it, it has a potential to be a very exciting uh offensive line. And I'll tell you what else is exciting, Jamie. We have a new sponsor. Oh yeah. Media. It's founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy award-winning anchor, Vahid Sadrazadeh. Uh, VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Con- srmediacompany.com and mention Iris Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit us online or give us a call at 574-800-9106. I was looking at the website yesterday, Jamie, and they've got some, the, the, these videos they put out, man, and everyone, like, they got the drones. It's good stuff. I'm telling you, if, if the next time I go to, uh, I go to um, South Bend, for a game, cover a game, we, we might have to, um, we might have to get VSR Media on there just to, just to, some. I, I feel like trips to South Bend like that. I feel like there's a story to tell, and I think we should try to tell them. So we can hit up VSR Media for that. And I think people, you know, look at if you're gonna like the type of video you're gonna propose to somebody, hit up VSR Media. Uh, something like that. Uh, you got your kid is in a sports. Uh, a sports athlete um, want to put out a nice video for them, hit up VSR media for that. It's really good stuff. Check out the website. Yeah, great it's, stuff. It's Check it re- out. Re- really, really good. Um, okay. So uh, Jared Parker, big, big thing, <laughs> like a new offensive coordinator. What is he going to bring? I- I'm going to tell you right now. I think, I think that I, you know, they're keeping the same uh, structure. Yep. as they had before. I think when it comes to cases, I think he wants to throw the ball. I think they're going to push the ball. I think he wants to be open. You know, I, I, it, it just, that's, he's a wide receiver. James. Yes, he I is think, a receiver. I that's, think, I, think, yeah. I think he wants to do that. And, and I think that he, he's going to default to throwing the ball a lot more. And I think that's going to be a big surprise. And I think that gets into a lot of the explosiveness too. Like you have a quarterback who mentally is always thinking, push it, push it, push it, push it. You can call the same place, but when you have a guy who's always wanting to take a shot and challenge the defense and give the wide receivers an opportunity, I think that's going to mean a whole lot. And I, the only question I have with Jared Parker is the, um, the adjustments you make in game. You know, Tommy Reese was, I think he was very good at calling, you know, he, he, he could identify a weakness in a defense and could hit him, hit it, especially in the running game. We didn't really see it so much in the passing game, but in the running game, if he found your weakness, he, he would pound you and he would get it. And like we saw this against Clemson where he just had them, he had just had them in knots, right? Like he just couldn't figure it out. He was he was moving players all around the field. He out schemed them. He out leveraged them, and that sort of thing. Tommy was really good at. You know, Parker is good at that. Uh, start a big game. The original game plan isn't working. 
how do you adjust from that? We don't know how that's going to go. Um, and so it's just, those are the open questions, but I expect a much more open offense, especially, you know, you have Sam Hartman, you know, let's take shots. Right. So, uh, but what, what are your expectations for Jared Parker kind of as we head into fall camp here? I think it's hard to know what to expect in terms of just like, um, you know, schematically in terms of like, man, this is going to just be so much different. This is like, this is who he is because he just hasn't, you know, called the offense enough to, to know this is exactly who he is. But I do think that, yeah, the wide receiver thing is like, uh, I think people think with, with um, Tommy Reese, like, cause he's a quarterback, he was going to be this guy, but it was like, he never, he like was pretty open about like, he was, one, he was, he, I mean, he's a guy who wants to run the football, but also yeah. like he was a guy who was just going to um, really play to the strengths of, of, yeah. of the team. Um, I think what we kind of saw from Hartman in the spring game and that, I think that's kind of what the offense is going to look like where um, like in terms of, you got a guy, I think they're going to really lean into obviously, obviously now that Sam Hartman is the quarterback it's the day that Tyler Buckner, you know, went into the portal and decided to go to Alabama, whatever, like that was probably the best thing. Um, maybe not the best thing depth wise for Notre Dame, but it was the best thing in terms of like planning the offense and yeah. like being like, this is who we're going to be because now they can just say, okay, well, Hartman's a guy. We're leaning into his skill set. We're leaning into a skill set. You just had, you you got a guy who basically had five took a five year master class in running RPOs. And I know, I'm not talking about slow mesh, but I'm just talking about RPOs in general. And you saw that. You saw him with the decision making and the accuracy and all of that in the RPO game in the in in the spring game. And I think that's the kind of thing. Like, I mean, Craig, you and I. We've been on this a lot. Like there's been opportunities and Notre yeah. Dame has not taken advantage of it. And whether that is partially Rees, I think it was mostly quarterback stuff. Like they just weren't leaning into it like they should, uh, especially because this is college football. That's the whole, like that's the biggest advantage you have in college football is that you can have guys who can go three yards down the field and you can run these RPOs and, you have now you now have a guy who can run it and it make these decisions who's going to force you to respect it and if you don't respect it you're going to get burned and that's going to lead to other more opportunities for yards after the catch mm -hmm. or open up things in the running game because you have to play um you know you have to go, defend the perimeter you have to defend the entire field more right and like you said they're not going to be afraid to take the shots down the field. That's not going to where I, I mean, I don't know that this was happening, but I could have seen it happening where Tommy Reese would have came in and been like, you know, don't take that shot right now. Like saying that, you know, yeah. to, to like make sure like, you know, keep it safe. They're not going to say that to Hartman, right? Like they're not going to tell him to do that. So I just think they're good. I, I think one thing you're going to see is, a lot more of the kind of like slot fade stuff, right? Where you're going to see that with like Tyree what like, uh, remember that clip from, uh, the, the scrimmage that was closed or whatever, but we, you know, you saw him make that big play, um, in the scrimmage where you had that yeah. back shoulder thing, yeah, 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 so yeah. that kind of thing. 
I think you're going to see that like a little bit of Jada Thomas where you saw him kind of getting vertical in the string. I think you see more of that stuff. You're going to see more of like them just kind of attacking down the sidelines more. And like, I think you kind of got to lean into because let's just say, I, I mean, I don't, one big question mark for me um, heading into this is I think Tobias Merriweather has just sky high potential, but I mean, I, we didn't really get to see it fully. Like at least when we weren't there, everyone was obviously raving uh, about like, you know, the kind of like spring he was having and he was showing all this potential, but just whether it was spring game, whether it was the open practices, I mean, he didn't have big days those days. Yeah. He, he didn't yeah. show. And so we really haven't seen it um, and seen that kind of level consistency, but kind of regardless of that, he's just a guy who's, who's big and can get vertical. And even if he's just that guy, you got to get the ball to a guy like that and you got to take those shots. So I think where before, even I say with, uh, uh, with Lindsay or Styles, those weren't guys that I mean. You would test them, you would throw the ball vertically, but it's like they're different kind of vertical receivers than a Merriweather, right? Yeah. So, um, I think that is is another kind of thing to 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 kind of look at too with it. And I just think that um, I, I do think Parker's going to lean into that kind of kind of thing and just. Um, and it's not that Tommy Reese wasn't aggressive. He was aggressive, right? But it's just he's going to be a little bit more aggressive throwing the football. Um, and I think personnel-wise, he'll be able to do that. My only question with him is, and it's you kind of got into it with um, Reese, and like what Reese, I think, did really, really well, um, especially for a guy who, you know, obviously wasn't too experienced. Right. He was kind of in that you know he he thought of it it in the same way um uh, that a Kyle Shanahan would think of it where in terms of like I'm calling this play because two series from now I'm calling the wheel route off of this yeah, yeah, yeah. right and he was and you know what a lot of those plays worked a lot of those plays worked not all of them right but a lot of them did and frankly like Notre Dame would have had like no explosiveness in their offense without a lot of that stuff mm -hmm. so I don't know if Parker, like, I don't know how Parker thinks like that. We just haven't seen it. So that's what I'm, I'm really kind of interested to kind of see with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that's the thing, you know, it, it's, it's such a big unknown, like but so beyond, like almost beyond like what elements are in the offense, like how he adjusts on game day. I feel like in a way it's almost more important than defense because I mean, it is more important than defense because defensively you can, if you're well coached, you don't have to out scheme teams. You know, you can just kind of be good. And, and, but on offense, it doesn't really work like that anymore. Like, you do have to keep the defense off balance all the time. You do have to keep them guessing and get them out of the wrong, out of the right call and that sort of thing. Um, so that's a huge, that's a huge, uh, uh, wild card there. Uh, someone asked about Chris Tyree, Chief Brody asked about, uh, Chris Tyree. That's a great question. Because uh, I was going to bring him up in X factors in the offense. How do you go from a good offense to a great offense? I think that I've downplayed what role Chris Tyree is going to have. And I think I did that a when I thought the older Caleb Smith was going to be on the roster, and b when I thought Lorenzo Styles was going to be a wide receiver and on the roster. And neither of that is the case. 
I think Chris Tyree is going to have a really big role this year. He's a big question mark in terms of how good can he be? Because look, very fast. I think that's that's established. But we don't know if he can be a wide receiver. We don't know how he's going to do on a, on a post route. You know, like the kind look perfect example with the post route that Avery Davis ran against Clemson uh, to to win the game late in the fourth. Like, can can Chris Tyree do that? We don't know. We, uh, can he do that? Can he be an option route guy? Like we saw a lot. Like Chris Fink was really good at that. Like being running the option routes and that sort of thing. Can he do those things? If he can, with his skill set, with the speed that he has, now you're really cooking with gas. Like that. That then that's a real problem because you have the size. You have Tobias. You have Jaden Greathouse, big guy. You have Jaden Thomas. Um, uh, Jaden Thomas, who's a really big guy, right? You have the tight ends. There's a lot of size. There's not a lot of like small speed on the Notre Dame roster and, and it's Chris Tyree right now who we expect to play a lot that hit what he can be is a big part of what the Notre Dame offense can be. In my opinion, especially from a, uh, a, um, an explosiveness standpoint, right? So he's, he's like, I, 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 I'm paying attention to his development and the way that people are talking about him probably more than any other player on the Notre Dame offense right now i mean there's a couple guys like i'm curious about devin ford like he's a complete unknown like what can he do um holden stays is another one where it's like i'm kind of tracking how people are talking about him and this is all skill position wise uh jd price is obviously one everyone's going to be paying attention to come off an injury but chris tyree is the one where it's like you're gonna be you have the potential to be on the field a lot a lot and really change the Notre Dame offense um, I'm curious what you think about him and if there's another kind of wild card player that you see affecting how the offense can, you know, the ceiling of the offense in 2023. I mean, he definitely was on my list as like, as a guy that if he like, you just don't know what to expect in yeah. terms of, um, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's an adjustment. Um, <clears throat> but we're looking for, um, if you're looking for someone who's going to be an explosive player, like he's one of the fastest guys on the team might be the fastest guy in the right. team. Um, you know, and I, I don't think he has to be um, this all of a sudden he's this dynamic slot receiver. That's like, man, he's the guy who's winning on third down. He's this unbelievable route runner. He's this, you know, doing all of these kind of things where you're like, he becomes a go-to guy. I would be kind of shocked if, if that kind of happened for him. But I think the main thing is, can he be a guy that like, you know, like basically every second game, this guy's going to give you an explosive play that can kind of help you win the game. Yeah. Right. Um, and it doesn't always be, have to be a touchdown or whatever, but I'm just saying like all of a sudden, you know, it's third and uh, it's third and seven, you know, he gets a step on someone on a crosser, but he just has that speed that if you take a bad angle, he's going to get like 20 yards because of that, because yeah. he has that speed. Right. So that kind of thing is, is what I'm kind of thinking with, with Tyree is, can he do that and be that guy? Um, because that is like a really, really valuable thing just to be like someone who just can get you like all of a sudden, you know, statistically, if you get 
if you complete like a 30, a 30 yard pa- a, a pass for 30 yards or more on, you know, on a drive, you're scoring like 90% of the time. Yeah. Right. You're getting like, you're getting at least a field goal on, on like 90% of the time. And like it's high eighties or like mid eighties for like touchdowns. If mm-hmm. you get like a, a play of 30 yards or more through the air. So that's why, I mean, it's just, yeah, you need more explosiveness in general. And I think, you know, you mentioned kind of the run game and the run game, they definitely need to be more explosive too, but just in the past game, it can't be just about the deep ball, right? It can't be yeah. just about the deep ball. Can you get something more? And I'm not saying that he's going to be a guy that you can throw like a bubble to, and he's going to take it to the crib or anything. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't see that with him maybe, but like, I, I doubt it. Um, it just, it's just about more of like, here's something like, okay, well you got him. It's like, well, guess what now? Oh, we got Tyree on a slow footed safety. We're running a slot fade here, right? Like just that kind of stuff Mm. is, is, you know, because there's just not many guys. I don't, I don't care, you know, on the field ever, how many guys run like, you know, sub four, four on the field on any team, not a lot. Right. So you have to be able to take advantage of that guy and he has to be something for, for, for Notre Dame in the passing game. Yeah. And and it's just like so many like little plays. And I'll say Chris Fink, because he was the most recent, where it's just he he would just have a catch, like you said, on third and seven. And it's like you don't think of it in the grand scheme, but they're so important. Like you just, oh, we move the sticks. We move the sticks, and then we get a big play. You know, like we hit move the sticks. Next play, we hit a 30-yard pass. And everyone remembers a 30-yard pass, but you got to move the sticks first. You know, yeah. and can like he be that guy where it's like you have a matchup uh, where it's like no one's going to really pay attention to him because of the wide receivers and because of the tight end, right? Like you're just not paying attention to him too much. He's the kind of guy in, like in 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 the uh, in the game plan where it's like they talk about him, but they don't talk about him a lot, right? Like you yeah. talk about other guys, and for the defense, it's just kind of like yeah, you you're on him, and, and and that's yeah, that's your assignment, right? And then you spend a ton of time focusing on kind of all the other stuff. And it's like the guy that you don't really focus on, like, can he win consistently? Right. And it's like you said, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't even have to be every game, but like, every, like yeah. you said, every other game, is there something that happens where it's like, ah, darn it, that guy, like he got us, you know? And, and I think he can be that. I think he's going to be on the field a lot. You know, I said, I, I don't think he's good. I don't think he's going to have that big a role. I, I think he might play the most snaps of his career this year. You know, I think that's yeah, possible. Yeah, he might actually, yeah. And if he does, I think that bodes well because they obviously won't put him out there, right? If, yeah, if it's not that means out. he's making plays. Right, so I, I think there's, I think that's, um, I think that's very important. Uh, Michael Stavola says, uh, Percy Harvin type, I don't see that. No, I don't. Percy no. Harvin was really good. I mean, especially yeah. in the running game. Like he was, there was so much in the running game. He's like a Harvin. unicorn. There's, was, there's not many guys like Percy there every every little like wide receiver or running back that comes it's any like, guy oh, who's Percy like Harvin. a hybrid guy is like Percy it's like the closest to know. Percy Harvin was uh probably Golden Tate actually speaking of um for a Notre Dame guy yeah yeah, yeah. for a Notre Dame player yeah just yeah. like he was that you could put him in the backfield and you know they didn't do it as much but um you know who could be Percy Harvin type 
Rocket Ismail. That could be a person. Percy Harvin type was Rocket. I mean, Percy Harvin was a Rocket Ismail type. Yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to know what Rocket could have been, look at Percy Harvin. That's that's exactly how it would have gone. Um, all right, Jamie. I, I think uh, I think we did talk a lot about the offense. There, it was a really good conversation of what they can be. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, spring practice starts a week from tomorrow, um, so we'll see. Debo Samuel, PQ, what it do? Not quite Debo. He's a, he's a, he's a big. I mean, big guy. Yeah, so we just uh, it's hard just, to hard to find guys like that. So like, <laughs> let's circle. lower the let's lower the expectations a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. Rob was yeah, like, full circle with the rocket Ismail. So um, yeah. thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday. Jamie, like he mentioned before, he's got family in town, so Jamie's not going to be on the show. So I'll be back uh, either with a guest or it'll just be me, or we'll be talking about. Uh, the defense and um, whatever people in the chat want to talk about that day. If it's just me, uh, I'll interact with the chat a, a bunch. So um, we'll, we'll talk about that. It's going to be really good. Um, and then maybe, maybe, maybe I'll dabble. Maybe I'll dabble with recruiting. I don't know. Cause KV KVA is uh, announcing on Friday. So we'll see what that is, but you know, I, I don't want to get into it too much cause I'm tired of walking, talking about it. Uh, all right. So thank you everyone for tuning in. If you like what you heard, hit the like, hit subscribe, hit the notification bell. Links to the podcast are in the description below. Have a good rest of the day. And we will talk to you on Thursday.